Talk with Trish and Shona. Our guest on this edition of Girl Talk is Trina Cleary from Wexford. This superwoman has been on a mission to get women everywhere to check their boobies. The cancer awareness advocate who has been given the all clear from breast cancer last year was in remission for just eight months when she received the news that her cancer had come back and this time was terminal. Having spread to her hip, spine and a section of skull behind the ear, this amazing lady is now choosing to spread hope to women everywhere with her positive and honest outlook look on social media. October was of course Breast Cancer Awareness Month as we remember and Trina continues to educate those around her in a bid to save others from what she has had to go through. She's full of fun, she's warm, honest and provides a daily dose of crack on Instagram as she lets her followers share her journey. The good and the bad. Welcome to Girl Talk, Trina Cleary. Yay! Thank you! How are you? Grand, yeah, yeah, not too bad now. Just taking every day as it comes. Um, every day is nearly a different day. Yeah. Um, but I just try and keep as normal as I can in the weird world that we live in right now. Yeah. But yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it, where you just have to just keep the head on the shoulders and just keep looking ahead. There's nothing else yeah. other to do. So <laughs> tell me, for you, Trina, it's been a whirlwind of a few years. So tell me, how did this all start? When were you diagnosed and how, like, did you get any symptoms, signs in your body? Tell me the whole story. Yeah, so it started in February 2018 I found a lump in my breast I always self-check um from a very young age <clears throat> I've always checked myself um not knowing what I was looking for but it was just something that I thought I should be doing um and I found a lump it was only like very small it was like a pea-sized lump and um I ignored it because I was 33 I was like nah I'm too young I'm too fit I was in the gym like five days a week um I ate relatively well I didn't drink um well I drank but not not too much like and I hadn't been smoking for about five years so I was like no it's like and cancer's for old people anyways that was kind of my mindset yeah um so I ignored it until the August and by that stage I couldn't ignore it anymore it had visibly grown um one breast was visibly bigger than the other my nipple had started to invert um there was pain at times Mm. So I eventually went to my GP who wasn't concerned because of my age um, and also because um, there was no family history there. So he was like, look, we'll go and get you checked anyway. It's probably just a cyst. It's nothing to worry about. So I waited about 10 weeks to get an appointment down in Waterford. Um, and as the weeks went on, I was getting more and more anxious. Like I just kind of knew, I think, kind of looking back, I kind of knew that there was something something not right um but I rang the breast clinic nearly every week I was like well is my appointment ready yet am I coming up yet you know um and eventually I got my appointment in October um on the 18th of October it was and it was that day then that they were able to tell me there and then um that it was actually cancer um just from the ultrasound and um mammogram like they were just able to tell they couldn't tell obviously what kind but they knew they like they they were able to give me the diagnosis unofficially as such yeah on that day so um yeah we had to go for biopsies and stuff and wait for that to come back so we'd know kind of what we were dealing with and what the treatment plan would be um and it was nearly two years ago now then i started chemo in the november um and that went on till march um the middle of march and then i had surgeries um i had radiotherapy i had my mastectomy um, and I opted for no reconstruction on that. And I decided on that very early on in my journey that there'd be no reconstruction if I had to go down that route. Um, because I suppose I decided very early as well that this is a negative thing that I'm going through, but I wanted to spin it into something positive and use my experience to help other people. 
So I wanted to embrace my flat side and be able to show other people that, you know, you don't have to have two breasts to be beautiful. You can have your flat side and Mm -hmm. you can be proud of it. And that scar is a badge of honour. So that was kind of my thought process um, throughout the whole thing. That was such a brave story. Yeah. I'm, I'm like dying I'm to ask. I know yeah. we're both so excited to get like some answers. But that was obviously a very hard thing for you to do. Bear yeah. your soul on social media and let other women mm. see um, what happens to one's body when they go through such a a really really um, invasive surgery. So for you, you must have had somewhat of confidence to be able to do this, or was there maybe people that were like, Trina, you can do it. <laughs> I didn't really say it to many people. Um, I done. I remember I done a photo shoot. Um, I was only finished radiotherapy. I'd say about if even a week, and I was really, really burnt. And my friend is a photographer, so she's like, "Right, let's do something." And I just wanted to. I did lose my confidence a little bit, um, but I just wanted to make myself feel powerful and all like that again. And so she done a photo shoot, and I was just prancing around her studio with no top on. I was like, "You know what? Like, I don't feel." I don't feel nervous. I don't feel self-conscious, you mm. know, because Nikki wasn't even looking at me. She was just like, okay, come on, just do whatever you're doing. Um, but it was actually, we went on holidays to celebrate me, my mom, my dad, and my sister went on holidays to celebrate the end of all the treatment. And I was like, right, October's breast cancer awareness month. What am I going to do to kind of shock people like into going, oh Jesus, mm. like she was, she was really young. What can, like, she got it. Like, what's stopping me getting it? So I remember we were in Puerto Rico and I was like, right, Karen, my sister said, come on, take this picture of me. Like, so we went out into the water and I'm standing, like, just with my hand up in the air with no top on, like, and I was like, oh my God, people are looking at me. And, you know, but in fact, nobody was looking, nobody yeah. cared. Like, um, and it was that moment was the, like, aha moment for me where I was like, nobody cares what you look like, you so know? So true. Um, yeah they don't like they really don't care like all your insecurities come from within like and other people probably won't even bat an eyelid if they've seen it so that was the real turning point for me and that's where I got my confidence from to keep on posting now every time I post something like that on social media I'm like oh my god am I going to get blocked am I going to get reported but I've been talking to someone who works for Facebook and that and they're like no we can't like that's it's an awareness photo it's not nudity or anything like that so like if it gets blocked contact me and I'll sort you out. <laughs> wow. I th- that exact picture that you're talking about is a picture that uh, somebody had sent to me last year ahead of an interview that we had when I first met you, I think would have been the summer of 2019. And I yeah. remember that picture coming through and just thinking, wow, firstly, for your bravery mm-hmm. and your openness and your willingness to share that. And the very reason that you did it was so that you could, you know, as you say, shock people into going to check themselves. Because I think that message is always out there. But when you see an image like that, Trina, and you obviously complete and utter bravery for, from you, but it also makes you think, you know, this is what we need to be doing. This is the reality of not checking yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. And putting it off as well. Like, I'm just like, what I keep saying is just because I get so many messages saying, oh, I have a lump and this and that. Like, I'm not a doctor. I, I'm not qualified. All I can tell people to do is be an advocate for your body. Fight for your body because nobody else is going to do it for you. So if you're not being listened to, make them listen. Yeah. You must have had such an overwhelming response then from women and the public. How did you find that? overwhelming yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with myself I was like oh because I'm so awkward like when, whenever people like say like oh well done or like compliment me I'm like oh, thanks happy birthday <laughs> you know I'm just really awkward like I don't take um like compliments well like um but no just kind of as time went on and people would start coming through going oh I've booked my 
my smear test or I've gone and I've got a lump checked or do you know I've got an appointment with a breast clinic like it does kind of make it go kind of go oh I'm actually making a difference yeah. and this is what I wanted to do um so I know that I'm staying true to myself and staying on that kind of pathway of helping other people and not not gaining anything from it I'm not doing it for any gain uh, it's just literally to make sure that people are hearing me just hearing my voice and speaking for the people that don't have a voice to speak out as well you're an amazing woman, yeah. Trina, and you should definitely be patting yourself on the back because it's such a, an incredibly brave thing to do. It really is. Now, we're going to get back to maybe what you're getting up to now and your progress. But first, we're going to hit you with our sexy seven. <laughs> so this is our sexy seven questions. We want you to answer as openly and as honestly as possible. We'd expect nothing less from yourself. Um, you're well used to it from being a so- social superstar. But um, (laughs) we're going to kick off our sexy seven with asking you some shameful secrets. We all have them. We know you do, too. So uh, something few people know about you, Trina. Oh, God. Few people know about me. Um, Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of an open book, aren't I? I I was going to say there's probably not not very much on that list. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe something that someone was surprised to hear about you then. (laughs) Oh, you've really caught me off guard now. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Something that not many people know about me would be that I'm, uh, I'm actually afraid of tomatoes. What? <laughs> That's all I can think of. That's okay. <laughs> Where did this fear come from? And how does it make you I feel? <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> Like I don't mind the whole tomato. I don't like I don't mind like tomato ketchup. Like I have tomato ketchup, but it's yeah. you know when you slice it open and all the goo comes out in the middle of it. It just oh, oh it's like someone walks over my grave. Okay. And like I worked in a, <laughs> I worked in a deli and it was my it was probably my first or second day and they're like oh will you chop the tomatoes for us and I was like oh god like inwardly I was screaming but I was like okay chop it away like yeah no it's just oh it's just horrible like I don't know what it is about it. Well it's, that's a first on girl talk. But it, you know what? I can totally relate because I have an irrational fear slash hatred of milk. But it's not something oh. that you can ever really explain to somebody because, like, it's an everyday food item. Do you know what I mean? But if milk spills anywhere near me, I lose my life. And like, oh it's, my God. yeah, it's happened a few times, like in the canteen here in work or in public, and you're just like, okay, I just got to clean this up, but then I'm gonna puke. Like, it's yeah, it's really strange. <laughs> I'm not a weirdo then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're not, definitely not. But it must have been really <laughs> tough working in the deli anyway, oh my gosh. And, uh, okay, so we're on to number two and this leads us nicely from you working in the deli, chopping those tomatoes on your first day and being horrified. What's the most random job that you've ever had? Um, What jobs have I done? I, don't, I haven't had random jobs. Like, I worked in a creche for three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose the jobs within that would, would have been a bit random, like having to go to work in a onesie or like <laughs> having to go to work on Halloween, dress up as a witch, like getting petrol in your car and stuff <laughs> on the way to work. Like. <laughs> um, other than that, like it's just kind of an office job. So yeah, I suppose the jobs within the crash were the random ones. Like Yeah. And work-wise now, Trina, um, what are you doing or how are you finding it? Because obviously we're in lockdown now and the things are a little bit different. Um, I haven't worked now since... April um, so I'm on long term sick at the moment okay. um, but before that I was working from home like so you know we have that ability to work from home okay. so whenever I am going back to work that'll be kind of what I'll be doing I'd say depending on what happens I suppose yeah. okay. and do you miss work? Um, I do and I don't like I miss the social aspect of it yeah. um, you know sitting there with my girls like having the chat 
But again, that's all changed because everyone's working from home now. So yeah. even if I did go back to work, it still wouldn't be the same. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Now, on to number three. What's been your most embarrassing moment ever? <laughs> oh my God, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll go with the most recent one then. Um, only on, I think it was Thursday, um, we went into town to get a takeaway. So I ordered his takeaway from a chipper and I was like, oh, I really fancy like noodles or like something like that, something kind of Chinesey. So I put my order in on Just Eat. That was fine. I was like, right, you go back your takeaway. I'll go get mine. I was standing outside the um, Chinese and I was like, oh, I forgot my mask. I'm sorry. Like I was standing at the door saying I can't come in or whatever. She's like, that's fine. I'll call you when it's ready. And after a while, then they were kind of like waving through the window and they're like, we don't have an order here for you. And I was like, oh, I was like, all right. And she's like, did you um, did you book it already yourself? And I said, yeah. She goes, no, there's not in here. I said, but I don't know on Just Eat. I have it here on my phone. And she's like, we don't have Just Eat. You're probably thinking about the Chinese down the road. And I was like, ah. Oh, no. <laughs> you standing there waiting. Oh, no. What did I'm you do? <laughs> did you not feel like you had to order from them as well just to get over the actual no. embarrassment? <laughs> I just walked away. I just walked away as quickly as I could. I was like, oh my god! And I couldn't even blame anyone else because she was like, oh, did you order it yourself? And I was like, yeah. yeah and I no. even go, oh, like he didn't tell me where he ordered it from. Like, oh my gosh, oh. that's actually quite similar to me getting on the wrong bus. I had a bus errand ticket and I got on the Kavanaugh and I was like, here's my bus ticket, and he was like, no, this is not not the bus you're supposed to be on love I was like oh no I've been standing here for hours waiting for this bus oh, oh no. <laughs> but would you be like that though would you be would you be awful for the, the embarrassing moments <laughs> oh yeah like another time I had to go for a scan um, an ultrasound only like last year like and I my aunt took the day off work and she drove me down to Waterford and all and I checked myself in and they were like we're not seeing anything here for for, for you, a scan for you. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. okay. So they looked again, they're like, um, you're actually supposed to be in Wexford getting this scan. And I was like, oh, no, oh my God, no. I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It just makes Good you human. Though. True. Uh, I blame. I say it's chemo brain. Like, <laughs> I never got my brain cells back after I was on chemo. Like. <laughs> You've got an excuse. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine then your epic fails are probably pretty close by because you've had so many embarrassing moments. <laughs> Have you had any epic fails you want to share with us? Um, <laughs> My friends will laugh at this one. We were at my friend's house one summer and we were sitting out in the garden having a few drinks or whatever. And I'm the kind of person that when I'm having a few drinks, I love going on adventures. Like I just love going for walks and, you know, just going to the beach or going to a forest or whatever. And there was a forest behind her mom's house. So they're like, oh, come on, let's go into the forest. We'll go for a walk. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like hands up in the air, a packet of Doritos in one hand and a bottle of something in the other hand. Like, And I went running, but because it was dark, I didn't see the step. And I just went Ooh. straight down and like literally held the Doritos and the glass <laughs> up in the air. I was like, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Saved all the food, didn't care that I face planted. <laughs> oh no. A woman after my own heart. Look after the food first. Yeah. Worry about everything else. Yeah. <laughs> Priorities yeah. in life. Yeah. And, wh- and what about epic fails when it comes to, I don't know, something that's happened to you that you've actually learned from? Um... <laughs> I learned don't run in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> um, epic fail. 
Mm, I don't know I can't think I think for us um, we were thinking of kind of maybe life fails because sometimes you know you have certain situations in your life where things happen and you think at that moment oh my gosh this is the worst thing that has ever Mm. happened to me whether that be you know failing your driving test or you know failing an exam or anything like that but you realise then afterwards that it's probably the best thing that happened to you at that time because it changed the course of your life and kind of made you the person you are so Anything that has had that moment for you. I love Trisha's comparison to the driving test thing because when I failed my driving test for the first time because I drove through a stop sign, I can't say there was anything that I learned. <laughs> you learned to pay attention to stop signs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose it would be more a relationship fail. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, we've been it's there. It's the end of the world. And do you know, it was just before I got sick um, the first time and the person I was with broke up with me or whatever and I was I, mean, I was absolutely distraught like I was so upset like I couldn't eat I couldn't sleep I was just so upset and I thought this like I, I'm i never going to get over this and you know it was it was very hard like because I got sick then shortly after and it was just a lot to take on and now looking back I'm like he actually did me a favour you know he by him being like that done me such a favour because I became the person that I am now and I if he hadn't broke up with me I wouldn't be engaged Ah, yes I was going to bring this up at the end so you could have your moment flash that beauty at the camera go on let's see her actually we're going to have to digress because Trish is a sucker for a love story as am I yeah I'm sorry I just love it I just love it so tell us how you met (laughs) but this is what I was going to say because this is the most incredible love story like Trina whatever happens I want you to promise that you find somebody who will, will actually take yours and Stu's romance and make it into a movie actually we'll do it Trish and I'll do it <laughs> we'll produce yeah. it yeah <laughs> go for it though tell, well, tell yeah. her the whole thing <laughs> there's actually a documentary being filmed as well like so the wedding will probably be in the oh, documentary like so we'll see a little bit of it yeah nice yeah. one but tell us the story of yeah. how you met and how you passed each other by for many years yeah so we met about eight or nine years ago he worked in a pub in Wexford Town and uh, he noticed me before I noticed him, apparently, because I just paid him no attention. And he was like, oh, who's she? But, um, yeah, we just met and we got on really, really well. And, you know, we were seeing each other, but it was very, like, um, it wasn't like a public thing or anything like that. Like, And it went on for a good while, but uh, he was he had a lot of grown up to do, we'll say, and he messed up. So I was like, you're done. Good luck. See ya. Goodbye. Um, so like eight or nine years later, you know, if we met each other on the town, I'd be like, how are you? Do you know, be real, like kind of, we never ignore each other kind of thing. Um, and then when I was on holidays, actually, after celebrating, um, finishing treatment, he started texting me and I was like, oh, okay, like what's this about? Like, and, um, went on, he literally stalked me for six months <laughs> where he was texting me nonstop, asking me out and all. And I was like, yeah. And then I'd say, yeah. And then I'd be like, oh no, I have to cancel for such a reason. I let him down like three times. I think I stood him up and, um, eventually I gave in. I was like, right. Okay. Like I'll meet up with you or whatever. Not realizing that it was Valentine's day. And I was like, oh, I can't say no. I can't, like, I can't like cancel on him again. So we went and we met up. Um, in the riverbank in town and we literally sat there making fun of all the other couples that were out like <laughs> romantic dinner. We sat there for three hours over a cup of green tea, like just drinking tea and laughing. Like I never laughed as much in my life. And we've kind of been inseparable since like um like lockdown happened then shortly after and we kinda decided that we just locked down together 
and yeah like just living 24 7 with each other like i've just been inseparable since i feel like lockdown is either make or break you realize you either really love this person or not at all and i'm glad it's worked out for you it's worked out for me as well thank god long may continue (laughs) and i'm still married and she's still married (laughs) but tell me when he proposed how did i love a good proposal story as well so what what happened what did he do tell it slowly now milk it for all it's worth trina don't hold back on any minor details <laughs> <laughs> um so i'll just tell you as well like he told me a month later that he loved me and two months later that he was going to marry me um he got interviewed for the documentary and he told the lads like that we're interviewing i'm like so that's going to be played out on the first part oh, as well like that and you didn't know this Huh? You didn't know Sorry. that. You didn't know that he said that. He said that to them. Like, um, he's like, so it is going to be on. So he's like, I do mean it. Like, you know, it's just a matter of the perfect timing. Oh. Um, so yeah, it was only what was it three weeks ago now, and he was being really cagey like over the week, and I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, and he, I, fe- I was like, I feel because I can read him like a book. I know him so well. Like, I, I just know under something on his mind or like something's up, and he's like, there is something up. I am keeping something from you, but you know just wait like you know you're the, you know the right time will come or whatever so he's been really really cagey and we went for a drive then on the wednesday night i think and he's like i have a present for you do you want it and i just panicked i was like oh because i don't do you know when someone gives you a present and you have to nearly like i don't know just make fake the excitedness <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even though you could hate it like it's just like they're expecting you to react a certain way and it's like i just froze so like the moment was gone and then on the Thursday, he came up to the sitting room and he's like, right, I have the first part of your present. He goes, do you want it? And I was like, all right. And he just pulled a ring out of his pocket, like not even in a box. Like it was just a ring, like because it's the two part ring. So he just goes, here you go. And he gave me that one. And I was like, all right, OK, thank you. I was like, what does this mean? He's like, it's a pre-engagement ring. And I was like, OK, like I didn't know what to do. And he's like, oh, she's not giving me like the reaction that I want. And he was sweating like. So that was grand. Anyway, we went out to the shop and I was still kind of like, but what does it mean though? And like, I always just ask questions like, but what is it? Like, what does it mean? Are we engaged? Are we not engaged? Do we tell people to do it? And he was just like, oh my God, just shut up. Like, <laughs> so um, <laughs> we came back from the shop and again, he sat up on the edge of the seat and he was really like on edge and like just fidgeting and he just turned around to me then and he just started going into like this big conversation about how lockdown was the best thing that ever happened to us. and you know like we're the other half of each other's soul and all of this kind of really nice stuff like and then he pulled out the ring and he's like would you marry me and I was like oh my god <laughs> and that was okay yeah. oh my gosh super romantic super super romantic yeah. oh my god so obviously with all this that's happening you've had to you know have a little time to think but wh- what kind of wedding are you thinking now are you thinking <laughs> you know, summer winter <laughs> will there be oh, snow will there be yeah. sand <laughs> We have nearly everything booked. Like it's oh, like next year. Deadly. Yeah. Woman after yeah. my own heart. Tell me. So everything is. Do you even have the dress already as well? Oh, I have. The only thing that we haven't got is the likes of like flowers and you know clothes where you have to actually go out. But like we've been talking to the hotel. We've been. I've got bands booked. I've got like. Oh, just nearly everything. I'm not else to do with my day. Like. Uh, <laughs> so when are you getting married? I can't tell you yet. Okay. But yeah. I have to ask like bridesmaids and things like that. Oh, first. Yeah. So um, once I do that, then we'll be able to tell. But it is, it's less than a year. Oh, oh my God. Incredible. But when you know, you know. Hmm? Yeah, that's it. Like, there's no point in wasting any more time. Like, we we wasted eight years, like, so. Oh. 
fab. I'm I'm not able for the love story. It's just it's too much. So what's his name? Uh, I call him Stewie, but when he's in trouble, he's Stuart. <laughs> Stuart. Yeah. Uh, okay. I feel like he's been um, roped into this whole life of Trina. Like he's 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 a, he's a star in his own right. To be fair, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he he deserves like a place in the spotlight. Like he's just he's crazy as well. And how does he feel about the whole like being online and you know life being shared? He's obviously okay with it, but does he enjoy it? Do you think? Ah, uh, he doesn't mind. Like he's just kind of like I'm just in the background, kind of floating along, kind of thing. Like, but sometimes he has no choice because I'll just stick the phone in his face <laughs> and he's like going off on a rant or something. Like people love his rants because he's just he's just so silly. <laughs> Brilliant. Ah, oh, well, Stewie, look after our girl. <laughs> if you're listening, now. Trina, what's been, you've probably been through so many of these, but biggest lessons, like what's been the biggest lesson for you in this life? I sound so philosophical <laughs> in this life, <laughs> but big lessons. It could be big. It could be big for you, small, whatever. But, you know, a lesson you've learned throughout all this. Um, I've learned many lessons. Um, I suppose a few major ones would be like, don't sweat the small stuff, you know, Um just when you look at everything that's going on, like what what's it going to change just by getting so upset or so anxious about, you know, even like my scans and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, even though internally I am quite anxious, then the rational part of me will go, well, what's the point in feeling like this? It's not going to change the outcome. Like, you know, so just kind of push it aside and then deal with it when it's there rather than just anticipating and being anxious and stuff like that. Um, and the other thing I suppose is just don't, don't really care what people think about you. Do you know, when you're so kind of like me, when I'm so active on social media, there is times where I will be like, oh, I wonder what they will say about me. And they are irrelevant to my life because they don't pay my bills. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so just don't care what people think about you. Like, do you know, the people who love you are the ones that you care about, not the ones who are sitting at the back of a screen kind of are in their group chats or whatever talking about you like they're irrelevant. So, yeah, just don't care what they think about you. Have you always had that attitude? Because no. social media is just a tough one, isn't it? When you yeah. put yourself no, out I there. I haven't always had that attitude at all. Like I would have been very like um, conscious of what other people would be thinking of me and that would have dictated a lot of my actions and probably held me back a lot as well um, for fear of what people would say. Whereas now I'm just like, if I have something to say, I'm going to say it. Like whether it's controversial, whether you like it or whether you don't like it. And to be fair, like some of the stuff I've put up I haven't had much backlash from from it like um, maybe a couple of small minded people um, but like I said they're irrelevant to me and I just don't rise to it like I don't even entertain it I'll just either delete and block or just leave it there and let them make a fool of themselves because that's all it is like um, but yeah no like before I would have been very held back and reserved as such whereas now I'm just like nah this is me Take me as I am or not at all. That's a really um, liberating feeling because Mm -hmm. I think it's very easy when you put yourself out there to then get sucked into the good and the bad. And as you say, there's been very little bad, but it's it's such a, I don't know, I feel like it's a skill to be able to put that stuff aside and go, do you know what? Not even that you're the bigger person, but that you're just not going to allow something like that to get in on you. That's that's something that you've learned over time, though. Yeah, yeah. And like it does when you first read that comment, there is that like initial like, 
do you know, you kind of gasp and you just get that knot in your tummy and then you're like, do you know what? Like, I don't speak to these people. Yeah. I don't see these people. Like, why would I let them in my energy space or my head space? Like, so leave them off. That's what I say. Yeah. And I love your first one as well. Don't sweat the small stuff because I think at 33 to get such big news that your life is going to change, it must have put everything into perspective for you. It does, like, because like that at 33 I suppose your biggest worries are like going to work in the morning and mm. you know oh what like why why am I doing this I hate my job do you know like mm. that kind of thing whereas now you're kind of like more grateful you're like well I have a job I have a house over my head I have a car you know I have food in my press it's you know those little things that make a big difference to your life not like oh uh, like for now I can't go to the pub oh pity about you do you know what I mean like I don't miss the pub whatsoever anymore like you know it's it's more about just making memories now like yeah. than worrying about where your next point is going to be do you know what I mean I can hear it in your voice that feeling of liberation like I've just got this is my life I'm going to live it how I want to and it doesn't really matter who says what who comes in from the outside this is you just seem to just have that direct kind of you know thought process now I, I know who I am I know where I am yeah, yeah, I have who I need in my life and, you know, that's come very apparent over the last two years who is going to stick around in my life yeah. forever, you know, whoever stuck around over those last two years when, you know, when my life was on hold and I couldn't go out because I was so sick, you know, it was those people who came to my house with Reese's uh, chocolate <laughs> and like unicorn things, you know, it was those people who are still in my life now and, you know, that doesn't mean that I won't ever speak to the people who weren't very prominent back then. But, you know, those I have my little circle and that's yeah. all that I need. And anyone else, you know, some of them will be welcomed in and other people will just kind of hover on the outside. You just know who your people are and, and yeah. that's, that's what matters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, on that note, and I think we, Trish and I can probably decipher what your answer is already, but your defining moment, Trina, in your entire life, like what is that moment that just for you was a game changer where you just felt like everything had fallen into place? And I suppose how you found that kind of liberation and how you found who you are as a person. Um, it was after my vasectomy, definitely. Um and just being able to, sh- like I said earlier, to share that that picture of me and be like, this is me. You know, I'd like that song from The Greatest Showman, like I so related to it, like, um, and it is literally, this is me. And I bared everything for everyone to see and you either loved it or you hated it. And I didn't care whether you loved it or hated it because I loved it. And, you know, I still look in the mirror and I still love myself, do you know, that kind of way. I think there's a lesson from this because self-love is, I think, something so hard for us women to do to mm-hmm. ourselves. It should be something that is, is so easy, but it really isn't. And I think you are showing women that you can do it no matter what. It, it But it does take time and it does take work. Like, this didn't happen to you overnight either, you know? No, like, I was my own worst enemy. Like, I criticised myself so much. I'd look in the mirror and just compare myself to other people and be like, oh, like... I wish I was skinnier. I wish, you know, I wish my stomach was flat. I wish I had bigger boobs. I wish I had a bigger butt. You know, like I was just very self-critical. Um, whereas now I kind of just look in the mirror and embrace it. I'm just like, well, I'd rather be like here enjoying my burger with a little bit of fluffiness on me than be miserable and not be able to eat anything. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I suppose that came from as well, like I, you know, from kickboxing and stuff like that, it would have been a lot to do with my weight. And I, 
found that I got very sucked into, I need to weigh this, I need to look this way because people are going to see my body when I'm fighting or when I'm training and stuff like that. So I was very in that mindset. Whereas now I'm just like, it is what it is. Like, this is your body. This is your home. It's kept you alive for 36 years. Am I 36? I am 36, aren't I? I, <laughs> I don't I know, are you? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Called Stu. What age am I? But yeah, no, it's kept me alive for 36 years and it's fought more than what, what it should have to to keep me alive. So, like, I have to love it and cherish it. And, you know, it, it hears everything I say to it. So, if I'm going to say bad things to it, it's just not going to do good for itself. Do you know what I mean? You talk um, so much sense. Me, yeah, someone um, told me, I don't know if it was something I read or someone told me, um, and they said that there was an experiment done and it was um, three bottles of water and they spoke really, really lovely words to one bottle of water um, every day. And then the middle bottle, they were just kind of ignored and pushed it aside. And then the last bottle, they said horrible words to it. And over the course of the experiment, the um, the bottle that was spoke with all the positive words was just like gleaming and clean and everything. And the other two bottles were dirty and just like mucky and stuff like that. Like, And it was like your body's made up of what is it like 80% of water or something like that. Mm. Um, so if you could apply the same principle then to your own body, like if you're speaking bad to your body, it's going to be sick and it's going to be like, you know, not mm. healthy at all. Whereas if you're saying really nice things to it, it's going to blossom and it's going to shine and I kind of, yeah, it just kind of stuck with me wherever I seen it or heard of it. Like that kind of stuck with me. Wow. That's powerful stuff, Trina. It really, really is. And I think it's something that young people need to hear. Mm. Actually, I keep saying young people, but I actually think every woman needs to hear because no matter what age you are, sometimes you struggle. You know, it is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It should be addressed in schools, I feel like, as well. Like, you know, talk to younger girls, like not to compare yourself to other people. Like you're you and this is the way you are and you're born like this and just love yourself like yeah Yeah. I think that what you say about schools is so true and I think it's it's somebody like you who has a story to tell and has a reason to have reached the point in your life where you have in terms of how you feel about yourself like you know we see an awful lot on social media of you know a portrayed lifestyle or you know the way somebody is seemingly having this kind of wonderful time when you never really know what's going on behind closed doors where I feel like with someone as as, as you've done you've shown us everything literally everything but you've you've yeah. actually you've actually shown what real life is like and that the process of going through something and and the ups and the downs I think that's that's where the lesson lies you know mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's something that I'd love to do. I think I actually have it on my life list to, to do public speaking like that. And to I'd love to get into schools just to raise awareness because, um, do you know, like that from a young age of maybe 13, 14 is when I started checking myself and I didn't know what I was looking for. I didn't know why I was checking myself. So I'd love to get into schools so that younger girls know and they they might not do anything while they're in school, but mm. when they get out of school, they might start checking and go, I don't know where I've heard this from, but I, I feel like I need to be doing it, do you know, yeah. just so that it's planting a seed with people. Yeah. yeah. Now, Trina, the future seems very bright. You got the wedding coming up, a dock, all the rest. But I do want to hear more about what is coming up. So, from the horse's mouth, tell me. So, you've got the documentary coming up. What's this about then? Is it just following you for a while or? Yeah, it's called, at the moment, it's called The Life of Tree. Um, we, it's subject to change. I don't know if I'm totally happy with the title or not yet. Um, so, I just have to try and 
think about it. But um, I was approached um, by an old friend, I suppose, but he's an actor and he's a director. And he said, you know, it'd be really interesting to film your life, you know. Um, it's a powerful message and it'd just be a great thing to do. So it started after we came out of lockdown. Um, we started filming and it was just kind of interviews with myself, my mom, dad, sister, and Stewie as well. Um, and then they, they filmed, they surprised me by having the band Picture This come down to Kilmore to oh, visit me. And wow. um, that was on my life list and they made it happen. So they recorded that as well. So all of this is going to be on the first part of the documentary. Um, and we're, they've started editing now. So they're hoping to have the first part released just before Christmas. Okay. Um, but we're hoping once we come out of lockdown that we can kind of start filming the second part. So I think it's going to be two or three parts. Um, not entirely sure what the middle part is going to be, but the third part is going to be the wedding. Mm. Um, so they're going to record the wedding and stuff like that. Like so, yeah, it's exciting. And w- <laughs> where where can we find it, Shana? Where will it be released? I think he said it's going to be on YouTube or like, is it v- Vimeo or something? Oh, oh yes. yeah, 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 Vimeo. Something like that. I don't know. We still have to um, finalize the details and stuff like that. But like, don't worry, I'll be shouting about it. <laughs> Good woman. <laughs> Excellent. So Trina, it seems like you're going to be very, very busy then over the next few months. Yeah, just the way I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, onwards and upwards for you and Stu. We can't wait to see all the pictures of the wedding next year. It's going to be amazing, I'm sure. And are your family yeah. and everything all excited now? They're all in the planning mode with you? or? Oh, yeah, like they can't wait. They're like something to look forward to. And yeah, yeah, it's just exciting now. Something's coming out of the darkness as well, like, isn't it? With yeah. COVID and everything else that's going on. <laughs> well, Trina, <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so, so much. Your story is an incredible one. And one that I'm sure a lot of girls and women out there will take inspiration from. Thank you for having me on. No problem. It was such a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you for sharing your story and for sharing your funny moments with us as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Onwards and upwards and see you in 2021. Now, if you like this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe and share. We'll talk to you next time. Girl Talk, a podcast from Beat.